Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast presented by the Denver Post. This is sports writer Kyle Newman, joined as usual by my colleague Ryan O'Halloran, running down the fourth practice of camp here on Saturday in Dove Valley. Defense stepping up, update on the quarterback battle, defensive line, backups enjoying some good playing here and projecting the offensive line starters heading into the fall. So we'll start off with the defense today, Ryan. Bridgewater had two, maybe three picks, depending on who you ask. And defense getting that spark, the secondary looking like it's living up to those early expectations on paper. Well, I'm going to go with two because you had the binoculars on the red zone there. And it looked like it probably was an interception. The defense will celebrate if it's something even close. True. But um, it's a tough day for Teddy. He got the bulk of the 11-on-11 snaps until the last period. And... You know, just not a good day. Uh, Drew Locke, I mean, his last drive, he had 11 plays in, in sort of a move-the-ball situation, uh, three of five passing. Um, didn't really do anything to pop out good or bad. Uh, you know, I'm not going to be grading the day like some people. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, from a defensive standpoint, it was good for good to see for their from their perspective around the ball. Um, Kareem Jackson had interception, jumped a route over the middle. Uh, McTubbin and Gene, we'll talk a little bit about him later, deflected a pass, caught it. So nice athletic play by Big Mac. And then he had another pass breakup as well. So, I mean, there's going to be ebbs and flows in a camp. You know, yesterday the quarterbacks were lights out in terms of completion percentage. The defense bowed up a little bit today on Saturday. And quarterbacks, interesting to see Teddy Bridgewater getting more of the reps today. But like you said, uh, pushing, pushing the envelope a little bit and not really to any success. Drew Locke, you know, so, so, uh, we saw Teddy push the ball downfield at least for the first time all camp and have some, some, some throws with some sauce on them at least a little bit. They weren't uh, ducktailing out there. Yeah, and, you know, uh, you know, Teddy had a three-play period in the red zone, 11-11, where he threw it away three times. Well, that was by design. They put seven seconds on the clock each time. He did not try to leave the pocket or scramble or run up the middle. So, you know, those ones you come with an asterisk trying to get their work in on that red zone stuff. But, you know, um, you know now they're off on Sunday, come back Monday. Maybe you seal uh, an uneven split where 70-30 one day for Bridgewater, 70-30 the next day for Locke. And, uh, you know, at some point there you have to – yeah, hope if you're the Broncos to start seeing some separation so this decision becomes easier and more comes more quickly. First in Orange podcast, that's Ryan O'Halloran. This is Kyle Newman out here in Dove Valley talking Broncos training camp. Defense stepping up, that secondary is starting to come together. Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons anchoring at the safeties and, of course, all the newcomers at the cornerback position fortifying that secondary, making it one of the team's strengths and it's looking that way, certainly through the first four practices of training camp. So moving on here to the next subject, we mentioned it a little bit at the top with Ajim's interception, but McTelvin Ajim, you know, Sosa, as they call him, as a rookie last year, struggled to get on the field, even with all the injuries and COVID stuff that the Broncos went through. It's kind of a prove-it year for this guy in year two, and so far in early in camp, he's looking pretty good. In addition to the interception today, he also had another batted pass. That's, I think, three overall for him through training camp. And he looks a little uh, a little beefier, and talking with him post-practice, he's more confident in the system. He's, he's playing fast and not second-guessing his reads. And I think he's starting to you know, realize, hey, I, I got to kind of put on here in this training camp. Yeah, I mean, 
when he couldn't get on the field last year and they're signing Deshaun Williams and Sylvester Williams. Right. Not a good sign. Yeah, you know, not a good sign. I mean, you got to use that as a wake-up call. I'm sure, I'm sure he had some very honest conversations with D-line coach Bill Kolar after the season. Basically, I think the message should have been, pick it up. Work harder in the weight room. Work on your technique a little bit. Dig into the film to learn this scheme. And obviously, it's early that the pads haven't got been put on yet. But you know, the big thing about young guys, you have to take advantage of the opportunities when they come. His opportunity is Mike Purcell with the ankle injury. Vic Fangio said today on Saturday that Purcell would be out at least a week. So that's a lot of reps for the nose tackles like Shamar Stevens, McTelvin Ajim, uh, Marquis Spencer. So uh, you know, in terms of Ajim, you know, if you're around the football via batted passes, they're going to find a role for you. And so if he keeps it up, he will have a role. And Ajim said that uh, Shelby Harris, big influencer on that batted pass streak that he's got going here in training camp, all the D-line looking to the quote-unquote best hands in football, as Shelby Harris likes to say, for his proclivity to bat down passes at the line. Now, another note on the, that nose tackle, Mike Purcell, as you mentioned, going to be out at least a week with that ankle sprain. And Deshaun Williams taking a lot of the first-team reps at nose tackle. You also mentioned Shamar Steven is going to get, obviously, some reps there. I mean, a bit of an opening for those two guys to prove themselves uh, as complementary depth when Purcell comes back. Big time. And, you know, Shamar Stevens is a George Payton guy from Minnesota, so he figured, you know, he's going to make the team. That doesn't mean he's automatically active. So, you know, get in that rotation. Ideally, I think they want five to six linemen active on game day, probably five. So Draymond Jones, Shelby Harris, Mike Purcell. So, that's that means you have a couple of guys fighting for two spots, and I mean you talked to McTelvin after practice today. You know, if you had one takeaway from that conversation, what was it? I think Sosa's hungry. You know, like you said, he's hungry to uh, show and prove his worth after kind of a bust rookie year, to say the least. I don't know about Sosa, but I like Sosa. One last thing on the D line is it you know their base is like thirty five percent of the time, so that's three linemen. Their number one nickel line is going to be Shelby Harris and Draymond Jones. If they play dime, maybe they only have one lineman out there. So, uh, so, but there are going to be snaps because if, if Shelby and Draymond are taking a big, big bulk of those sub package plays, that means Ajim, Steven, and and Deshaun Williams need to play base down snaps. So that's that's why they'll have a role. First Orange podcast, Kyle Newman alongside Ryan O'Halloran talking Broncos training camp will close the show projecting the O-line and much has been made about the center battle the right tackle battle but I don't know Ryan in my eyes doesn't look like much of a competition to me at least uh, Lloyd Cushenberry is going to be your starting center week one and at right tackle Bobby Massey is going to be your starting right tackle in week one unless one of those two guys craps the bed I mean they've been taking all the number one reps and in terms of the center battle Quinn Miners in my opinion not doing much to show that he's ready to compete for that. And Vic Fangio said as much. Yeah, you know, I think, I think you're on the right track on center. You know, the telltale is going to be, do they start working minors at guard, start cross-training them? And, you know, Lloyd's taking the first team reps all four days. Right tackle, I think, is still a little bit open. Bobby Massey has labored a little bit. And this, this is all before the pads go on, so you take it for what it's worth. Uh, Calvin Anderson, I, I assume he'll get another shot with the first team at some point next week because there's a lot of plays to go around. Uh, but you're right on Massey because today during the, he got burned by Von Miller on one of the plays very, very badly. And he's he's shown some cracks here and there, but he's the veteran of the group. Yeah, and I just uh, 
the line had some issues today. Let's put it that way. And uh, so it's going to be spirited when the pads go on, I think, Tuesday. But um, you got to keep Graham Glasgow happy at right guard. You sort of know what you got in Garrett Bowles at left tackle. You need Dalton Reisner to take another step at left guard. Cushionberry at center, and then to be determined at right tackle. And, and you know, probably is going to be Massey if he stays healthy. And, and but here's a you know, he's a veteran that he probably takes him a couple of days to you know get his uh, get get all the parts moving at the same time. So I'd be interesting to see as you move forward how he does. Broncos definitely hoping Garrett Bowles continues to take a huge step forward from that All Pro season he had last year. So he will figure to be a pillar of that offensive line, and at least the Broncos definitely will need him to be. So, Ryan, we'll close the show here. Pads going on on Tuesday of next week. What should fans look for? And is the intensity level going to kick up a notch out here? Because it's been pretty sleepy out here at Broncos practices through the first four days. Yeah, it hasn't been a lot of juice so far. Uh, yes, it will. Um, this is a game where you have to like to hit. That means in practice, you want to take advantage of that within the confines of keeping each other healthy. If you're coming out to the, the Broncos facility next week, here's what you watch with pads on. One-on-one -on -one drills, O-lineman, D-lineman. That's pass rush, and that's you know stunts, two-on-two, one-on-ones around the edge. Receivers and corners. This is the first time they'll be able to do press coverage because they have pads on and a lot of contact. That's good. And then red zone. Uh, that's when the chirping really starts because defense doesn't want to give up a touchdown. Offense wants to get in the end zone. That's your conflict. And, hey, watch for some uh, skirmishes between the O-line and D-line. Already been some trash talking going back and forth without pads with guys, you know, going down. They want guys to stay up, but uh, O-lineman's been finishing some blocks, and Shelby Harris in particular has been chirping at the O-line contention about that. Well, to me, it's more whining. <laughs> But whining uh, slash chirping, chirping. Uh, so yeah, you know, it, it, the defense is going to talk a lot more. It's receivers on offense; they're the trash talkers. Everybody on defense is trash talker. So, uh, but and then you know, staying with defense. One last thing: Josie Jules sat out today's practice with a groin injury. Uh, that gave Justin Sternad a lot of run with the uh, first team, and uh, you know they could see Sternad being a guy who could play their sub package coverage role. So it was this is a guy that needs reps. So it was good to say, hey, we know what Josie can do. If you're not 100, percent let's have you sit out. First Orange Podcast. That's Ryan O'Halloran. This is Kyle Newman. Be sure to head to DenverPost.com/Broncos for continued coverage of the team throughout training camp. Appreciate you listening in to today's show. Until next time, folks, take it easy.